everything is a man's fault. And so that's what's happening. And because of that, this is why it's so difficult for men in discovering their true and authentic masculine soul. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow on your spiritual journey. It's a journey that we can't take for you, but we can be mm-hmm. guides along the way, people to challenge you, to encourage you as you take this oh-so-important journey of faith mm-hmm. through your life. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, and we cannot do the Salty Pastor Podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. <laughs> welcome, everybody. It's good to hear have you today. We're talking about some really important things about males and females in particular our focus is on males and how men uh are being hindered from discovering their masculine soul and so we really want to kind of figure out to how to help men uh give you some tips and tools and things that you can look at your journey and say hey wow this is something that i can incorporate or think about or consider that's really going to help me uh discover who i was meant to be I, I think what's been really cool and all the feedback I'm hearing is that people are just really loving having this conversation because I know as a man, we're having a lot of conversations where it's like basically anything we do these days feels like we're getting, we're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like oh, we're doing yeah. manliness wrong <laughs> no matter what we're doing. And so yeah. it's just, it's nice to be encouraged about things that we should be doing rather than just constantly being told, well, don't do this. Don't do this. You're toxic. Yes. This is yes. bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. So I think a lot of men, especially in the church, and even some of the ladies have told me they've just really appreciated and seen a change in, in their, in the men in their lives, having heard oh, these things, which is great. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's on, what our boot camp is going to focus on too. Once a year we do a boot camp right. and we ask all the guys, if, if you're a listener, I'd love for you to join us. We're going to be there. Uh, it starts Thursday night, May 19th, mm-hmm. but you can come up on Friday if you want. And, uh, we kind of unplug just for two days, really pretty much Friday and Saturday. Uh, there's a little wrap up on Sunday morning, but you get back early, usually right. around, I don't know, one o'clock noon or one. So yeah. you have your Sunday, but anyway, come up and, and just be with us And our goal is even if you're from out of state, if you listen to the podcast and you're from, you know, uh, Reno area, Scottsdale area, or some of the other areas that we know of that there's heavy listenership, we'd love to have you come up. You know, jump on a plane, come up, hang out with us, hang out with a salty pastor, hang out with Jesse. You're going to have a great time. You can just simply go to foothills.org backslash events and you can register for it right there. You can register, pay, get yourself going. It's only 150 bucks and we're staying in a really nice place way up in the mountains and it's going to be a ton of fun. We'd love to have you there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's just going to further cement a lot of the things that we're talking about this week and things like we talked about on Tuesday where we discussed what authentic masculinity looks like according Mm -hmm. to Proverbs 3 is what we were studying. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question I have for you today as we kind of go from Bible study into practicality is why is it such a challenge uh, to define men in today's world? Well, I think what's what's really challenging is that there is, I'm not going to call it a a conspiracy, you know, there's not some Illuminati group of people <laughs> pulling strings. I, you know, that's kind of crazy. And once you get to know human beings and how large organizations work, uh, it's really hard to believe that a conspiracy theory actually exists anywhere. Right. But that doesn't mean that there's a spirit of the age. The Bible calls it that. Doesn't mean that there isn't a uh, uh, ethos that is enhanced and accomplished and pushed. And 
I, I think that is happening and that is by design. You know, I believe that in America right now, there's over 50 to 60% of the male population who is living as real men as defined in chapter three of the book of Proverbs. These are men who faithfully get up and provide for their family each and every day. They're present. They may not be perfect. No, there's no such thing as perfection, mm. they're, but they're present. They are present uh, in their marriages. They're present with their kids. These are men who are working hard without complaint and they're happy to do it. They often are doing jobs that no one else will do. And so there's men who, who will sign up to face, faithfully serve in the military to protect our country. They go into training. They give up a lot of freedoms, you know. They, they're not doing it for a lot of pay, and, but they sacrifice to serve their country. There are men who commit themselves every day to protecting the peace at home as cops or deputies, uh, working as firemen, rescuing those who are in need as paramedics and EMTs. And there are uh, men who participate in jobs all across the board that, that most people don't want to do. And it's, it's dominated by men because men will do them like, you know, picking up the trash, you know, I mean, the, probably the most uh, environmentally friendly thing that we do as a nation is we actually collect our trash, take it to a landfill and try to process it. Right. Right. Well, who picks up all that gross stuff? The other thing is the reason why we're so healthy and we live so long is because we have a sewer system. A lot of people are not aware that your sewer is one of the primary infrastructure things that you need. And right. if you don't have a good sewer, you got a lot of sickness, really mm. bad yep. stuff, cholera and all kinds of crazy things. Well, what, what is, well, there's a whole bunch of guys that are going around, you know, in those giant trucks, opening up manholes and pumping out sewage all day long, you know, and fixing blocks and doing all this so it can be processed. People may working in the processing plants. Here's my point is that it's men, men showing up, doing their job without complaint, building the roads, building the buildings, uh, uh, servicing the, the heating and air conditioning systems, uh, building bridges, working on sewer lines and sewer pipes and all this kind of stuff that makes life for everybody else great. And all of these men are just overlooked, but they're operating on the basis of Proverbs chapter three. And the challenge in our world today is that we just don't see this ever happening. And I believe this is where you hear this, uh, this uh, nomenclature, this ideology, this uh, uh, think speak where everybody kind of just thinks the same way and says it, it's the media, it's the elites in our universities. The, and, and now some woke corporations are joining them. And what they're doing is they're attempting to communicate an ethos about men that is contrary to their nature. And so that's what's really important. That's what's really going on here is they're trying to turn you into something you're not. In her book, The War on Boys, Christina Hoff Summers goes into this in depth and proves the overwhelming attempt at social engineering um, uh, masculinity out of boys. And so we see the effects of this experiment every single day. Boys are falling far behind girls in every single academic indicator that exists. The ratio of boys versus girls who go to go to college is approaching uh, 40% boys and 60% girls among women's groups. This has become a major of huge uh, age, excuse me, an area of major concern because what they're saying now is that you're not finding men who want to get married. You know, mm. they're, they're, they're becoming more rare. 
Uh, young adult males are not report, or excuse me, young adult males are now reporting the highest levels of anxiety and depression, depression since they've been taking statistics. Upwards of 40% of the male population is reporting this. The rate of suicide among boys is higher than it has ever been in the history of taking uh, stats. But here, here's here's some really other shocking statistics that nobody wants to ever talk about. It's it's covered up. It's never exposed, and you'll never hear about it. But when it comes to the transgender situation or tan- transgenderism, what the the statistics actually stay, say is that male to female transitions are three and a half times higher than female to males. So basically the amount of boys wanting to transition to females is three and a half times at a higher rate. Now the premise of transgenderism as being normal comes out of this critical social theory concept that's rooted in Marxism. And what it says is that, well, gender is a social construct. And so if it's a social construct, and I, you look at the stats above it, you know, how girls are, our rise is uh, doing better. What would happen is if this was a normal thing, then you would see the equal amount of transitions both ways, but right. you don't. It's, it's statistically shouting. It's screaming. There is something totally amiss here. So I think that's really important to understand is uh, Nina Easton uh, wrote an article in the name of her article is there are six reasons men are falling behind women. And she talks about uh, another column she wrote uh, called uh, America's wayward sons. Why can't they carry on? And she basically says, look, uh, the focus of my earlier uh, column was an MIT study showing that the sharp rise in single parent households hurts boys much more than it hurts girls. And so he's saying, what's going on? And she says, well, first of all, the flight of fathers, more and more people are being raised without fathers. And the MIT study's conclusion is that the rise of single parenting has set back achievement levels. Uh, the quote is my father was a small time white collar criminal that fled the country prior to a court date. When I was just a few months old, Adam C. Dudley writes, even now in my thirties, I struggle with laziness and a sense of identity issues. Mm. Uh, she says there is a rise in autism and ADHD. And when you look at who's being treated for ADHD stuff with basic drugs like Adderall, Ritalin, so forth like that, it's like 80, 90% boys. Wow. Right. It's just crazy. And so this is a war, they say, that is being waged by social scientists and psychologists who are quick to blame the issues on vague societal trends and, of course, single mothers and the lack of male role models. Uh, there's video games. That, that's a big issue. Uh, she says in her article, a K through 12 educational system biased in favor of girls. He, uh, Rob, uh, I can't say his last name, Ritzenthaler writes bluntly, who was the nut that thought that boys should sit at a desk for six to eight hours a day while they were growing up? You know, uh, they talk about how the constant message to our young people that they're going to be a failure in life without a four year degree, meaning you have to go to college is the wrong message to send to parents and young people. She says that, uh, she writes affirmative action, uh, and how it's a massive contributor. So what I'm saying is that even though there's not like maybe a conspiracy, what happens is you have to realize is academic elites are like uh, a flock of turkeys. 
You know, what they do is somebody comes up with this idea and runs over here and all the turkeys run over there. You know, when you see turkeys, they all run over there. They have no idea why they're running over there or what they're doing, but they all go over there and they, they stomp around and they make all this dust and they make all this noise. You know, and then some turkey goes, oh my goodness, what about this? And then they run over there and all the turkeys run with them. And that's what happens in academia. They come up with these these idiotic ideas and these notions because it exists in academia and people run around justifying their own existence, trying to rationalize that their research actually means something, which it doesn't. And uh, in the end, what happens is you create this crazy ethos and you create enemies, right? And one of the enemies in our society today is a man. Everything is a man's fault. And so that's what's happening. And because of that, this is why it's so difficult for men in discovering their true and authentic masculine soul. So I have to admit, growing up in kind of this younger generation that's been going through this giant transition, um, it seems a bit strange to me that there'd be such an emphasis on curtailing masculinity in males. It just seems strange. I mean, what incentive... Mm -hmm. What incentive is there to do this? Well, like I said, you know, it, it's, it comes out of a very specific ideology. And we've talked about this before, and I want to give you some historical context. First of all, when the Bolsheviks took over in Russia, the first thing they did is they eliminated the categories of male and female. All workers were given the exact same dress. They had the same haircuts. They had the same roles or jobs in any factory that they were working or on the farm even though women were not physically capable of doing a lot of the jobs on the farm or in the factories that males could do. This created a lot of issues. The goal of Marxism was egalitarian, meaning there, uh, uh, the, uh, the idea, according to Marx, is that society is built around hierarchies, right? Mm -hmm. That are all social constructs, right? And there are social constructs imposed upon human beings. And this is what creates different classes of oppressor and oppressed. And so if you simply eliminate the classes, you eliminate the hierarchy of oppression. And the end result would be utopia. And this is the motto that he wrote and was very popular among the Bolsheviks. And it was this, from each according to his ability to each according to his needs. Did you ever hear that? Mm -mm. Well, that, that was the big Bolshevik communist push. But th there's two things I want to say about that. First, this is the most illogical statement that you could imagine. It's beyond belief. It's the exact opposite of his proposition. If all human beings, uh, male and females, are equal, then they should all equally do the same amount of work. So it's not according to your ability. It's a, you're the same. There aren't different levels of ability. And then equally, you should get the same amount of harvest. And that is, is that there shouldn't be different needs, right? Mm. But anybody with half a brain would look at that statement and connect the dots and go, hmm, this statement is not really congruent with our conclusion of the utopia that we are trying to instill. And this is what deconstructionism does. If you're in a different system, let's say you're in a free market system or a capitalist system, or back then they didn't have it, they had a controlled economy, uh, which was like an oligarchy or an autocracy. And so their economy was controlled as almost the old feudal system. You know, was, you had czars and lords and people and they owned the land and the serfs worked for them. And so they were trying to transition, but it wasn't going well. 
a lot of times because of famine and other things. But what happened is in that situation, you can say as a criticism of the current system, well, it should be each to their ability and each to their need. And people go, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know that you're wrong that as soon as you implement your new system, your motto to get there doesn't work. Right. See, and that's, that's incongruent. That's illogical. Um, the second thing I want to say about it is the ideology at its core denigrates the differences between men and women. And the greatest abuse of females occurred in communist Russia in the Khmer Rouge, which was communist North Vietnam communist um, in Mao Zedong's cultural revolution. If, if you look even in America today, uh, a lot of people, you may not remember us. Do you remember the cult heaven's gate? No. You remember that? And Haley's comment you, it doesn't nope. ring a bell. Okay. I mean, I know what Haley's comment is, but I don't know anything about heaven's gate. Okay. This was probably about 15, 20 years ago. There Haley's comment, you know, comes through every on this big, I don't know. What is it? Every 70 some years or something, something like, like that. that. It comes through. And so this was a group of people in LA who it was a cult and they existed. They lived in this giant house and there's at this time, there's probably 40 or 50 of them that mm -hmm. lived in this house and they were androgynous. And so what they did is they all wore the same clothes, right? A gray tunic type thing. They all bleached their hair white and had the same haircut, females and males. And then when Haley's Comet came through, they believed that it was a spaceship. And so they all committed mass suicide. Yeah. Okay. They committed mass suicide because they believed that then they would go up onto the spaceship when it came by. And so it was kind of a big deal in LA about 15, 20 years ago when this happened. You have to look it up. I'll have to look that up. That's yeah. Very weird. Interesting. It was the, they called themselves the heaven's gate and they were a cult or something like that. But you know, I mean, even more specific, we look at Mao Zedong's cultural revolution you know, people don't realize that it attempted to remove all distinctions between males and females. So it was a denigration of the differences uh, between males and females because it was seen as a negative. And in the process, what happened, right? Well, males lose their capacity to find meaning and purpose in life. And then females uh, end up receiving the abuse. I mean, the women that were abused in Mao Zedong's cultural revolution is unbelievable. Mm. And so, and the biggest thing of all is they instituted a mandatory abortion policy. If you had more than one child. Right. And so guess what? Who was aborted more than anybody else? The girls, the girls. So, so this is what happens when you denigrate maleness, when you denigrate femaleness, when you look at life through the lens of this Marxist ideology and all of this stuff that is propagated in our universities today is it, it destroys the value of females. It destroys the value of males. So we've seen a lot of examples of this happening in other countries. We talked about Russia, Vietnam, China, all these different things. Talk to me about how this is being incorporated into our societal structure now. Well, um, the uh, Concerned Women for America, which is a really unique group, uh, they wrote a study, they wrote an article, but they published research about how uh, it's called the feminizing of the nation's boys. And, and there's one paragraph in here where it says, despite the overwhelming evidence that boys ought to be allowed to be boys, efforts to make little boys more feminine have become a part of the national culture and accepted policy. Formal efforts to do this can be traced from the passage of the 1994 Gender Equity and Education Act. So this started in 94. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, under the Clinton administration. This legislation poured many hundreds of millions of dollars into efforts to end so-called bias against girls. Sadly, this is what's so sad about this policy. The evidence of bias against girls was based on a study from the early 80s, and it was soundly discredited only after it had been widely accepted as fact. It had been, uh, even after it had made headlines in all the major media about all this bias against girls in our schools in the 80s, created a massive policy response that even continues affecting public education today. And in spite of its blatant falsehoods, the findings of that long ago flawed study are still part of all conventional wisdom in our public education and higher education system today. And it is funded by the Department of Education at the federal level. And it is, they have poured hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into this. And so what it was is it was a false study, right? And then they, they, made a massive policy change based on a false study. And then the study was 100% debunked. Mm. And so that is really important to understand. So instead of in, in this thing, and what it was is it was bias against girls. So what you did is you use this Marxist ideology. Oh, there's two classes. There's a class of boys and a class of girls and the girls are being biased against, right? So now we have an oppressor and oppressor oppressed. And so now what we have to do is pit them against each other. So instead of lifting girls, which everybody's supportive of letting girls become the best that they can be, they, they, what they did is they said, well, we're going to suppress boys. Mm -hmm. So we're going to create context that, plays to the strengths of girls and we are going to eliminate the context that plays to the strength of boys. All right. So this is the insufferable impact of stupid ideologies. This ideology sees everything through this Marxist concept of class struggle, oppressor versus oppressed. It, it reduces all relationships to power struggles with a win loss. It's absolutely stupid. And that is what has been funded with hundreds of millions of your tax dollars. And we're seeing the result as I read earlier, all those stats about what's happening to boys today. Why can't there be an approach to life that is a win-win that celebrates maleness, that celebrates femaleness and the fact that we are different and we need each other. And it becomes a win for males. It becomes a win for females. Oh, wait, there is one. It's in the Bible. This is why at its core, the elements in our society uh, have done everything they can to undermine the church and the influence of Christianity. And this specifically started in the sixties. A lot of people don't realize this. Uh, uh, Pastor Harv sent me an article this morning that I was reading where this guy did this really in-depth study of the role of the Bible in American society. And he said up until the 1950s, it said everybody knew everything about the Bible, right? The Bible was not only the bestseller. It was also the most well-known book. Mm. And then in the sixties, they started eliminating it today. People have no idea what the Bible says, right? They don't even know what's in it, but, um, it's a fascinating historical study on that. So this is why they have gotten or 
attack the church. It's important to understand that every society that I mentioned earlier, the Khmer Rouge, uh, the Bolshevik revolution, the cultural revolution, as well as fascist Italy under Mussolini, Nazi Germany, you look at Cuba, you look at Venezuela, they all have one thing in common in all these socialist communist countries. And that is, you know what they did? They undermined the church first. Mm. They went after the church first. And that's why this society today is, uh, is something that is going after people. If you're, con- if you're in academia today, I can guarantee you this. If you're considered a religious person, you will be discriminated against. There is no doubt about that, particularly as you go up into the graduate levels. Mm-hmm. It is unequivocal. The, the greatest and most horrific discrimination and bias against Christians and religious people is happening in our universities today. And then we wonder, why is all these companies co- that going in such crazy ways and have such uh, anger and hatred towards Christians? Well, because it's being taught in our upper level universities. That is the vibe. So we've only got a few minutes left, but I want to talk really quickly about how can males be encouraged to go against the culture of today and try and discover their masculine soul? We see all this oppression of, yeah, okay. of men. How can we start moving back towards what the Bible teaches us about how we should be? Well, that that's great. You, you want us to get practical and solution oriented. Yes. That's definitely a guy thing. Yes. <laughs> Celebrate the masculine soul. (laughs) Well, uh, there's an article by Erica Komisar written in 2019, and she basically says, look, as a psychotherapist, I've seen an increase in depression in young men who feel emasculated in society, in a society that is hostile to masculinity. And what's really interesting in 2019 is the American Psychological Association came out with a new report, and in it, they basically said this, and that is all masculinity... Okay, traditional masculinity marked by stoicism, which means keep working and don't give up, competitiveness, dominance, aggression is on the whole completely harmful. It's a psychological disorder. Mm. So this goes to show you this is not a scientific organization at all. The American Psychological Association is a propaganda machine for far left Marxists who want to create an entire generation of males who are sheep and afraid to be men. So is that salty? little bit, okay. but that's what they tune in for, I think. But so. that's it. That's a fact. There's no doubt about it. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to realize what's going on. You have to, you have to wake up and smell the coffee, so to speak. You have to say that these things that these drives within me, these things, the, these, um, uh, uh, w- ways in which I'm wired are not evil. They're not wrong And society can stand out there and say that masculinity is a sickness, but they're the sick ones because you don't have a sickness. You're a guy. Now you may have a lot of testosterone and you may have a little testosterone. It doesn't matter. You're a guy. You have a Y chromosome. And so you are one of the binary parts of basic biology that makes all human life. And so you have a purpose Okay. And you, uh, are here for a reason. So you have to realize that your society and the so-called knowledge people have no knowledge at all. And so you can avoid that. Otherwise there's a chance that you could grow into the phenomena of the man child, 
there's an article out recently about uh, this, the, this. These people wrote, it says, what is up with the rise of the man child? And these are men who uh, are commitment shy. They would rather play video games all night than go out on a date with a girl, you know, kind of a thing. Why is that? And so in this article, they talk about how, uh, well, maybe it's the rise of women and that's just the problem, you know, that we get for more equality, but that's not true. That's completely false. It was the intentional degradation of maleness. So once you understand that you can say, oh, I, I need to discover authentic masculinity because Another trap out there is what I call the machismo trap. And that is, is that there's a small group of guys, you know, these are gym rat guys, adrenaline junkies, you know, they want to be in a fight club and go to fights all the time. They want to drink too much. They want to do all, they just want to, you know, it's like, I'm not a man unless I have these extremely overt adrenaline fueled experiences. Right. right. And so, uh, but that's not authentic masculinity. You see, Authentic masculinity has to do with what am I building? What am I creating? What am mm. I contributing to? What am I protecting? What, what things am I discovering? How am I innovating? How am I growing? See, these things buy into your masculine soul as a man, that I'm here for a reason and a purpose. I'm not here to be stuck in the perpetual island of lost boys wondering how uh, or why if I should ever grow up. And so that's really important to understand is you don't, you want to realize what's going on, but you don't want to adopt the trap of machismo to think that that's your answer. Cause there's all these guys that grow up and go, you know, I don't, I don't really want to play football. And yeah, I, I don't need to climb to the top of a mountain, you know, so that I puke. I, I don't need, right. you know, uh, some of that might be fun at times, but does that really make me a man, you know? And I would say, no, it doesn't. You know, you don't have to have biceps the size of a small vehicle to feel <laughs> like a man. That's not, that's not true manhood. There's a lot of other things in you that God wants to mold, shape, and design. So the primary goal, I think, is to discover your authentic masculine soul and then see what happens in life. See, oh, okay, I'm going to take these qualities that God has put in me. I'm going to celebrate them. I'm going to enjoy them. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to see what happens in life. So basically when a male starts getting serious about being authentically masculine, he starts to really win at life. We kind of talked about this a little bit on Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, very much so. I think, I, I think um, this is why our society is so opposed to it because our society in a lot of ways in these elites, they, they believe in a patriarchy where men are intentionally oppressing women and children. So you don't want to allow men to pursue any type of victory in their life. If a man ever wins, that's not good. But I, I think it's very interesting for people to be able to clearly see how the denigration of human beings, whether it's either male or female and their unique maleness or unique femaleness always creates chaos. It's, it creates chaos everywhere we go, predominantly in the family. And this is really, really important to understand is that the nuclear family, the core family union in America has changed dramatically since the sixties. Okay. Mm. It's changed dramatically since the sixties. And it's very important to understand is that Marxist ideology at its core is to destroy 
the nuclear family because the nuclear family is the number one barrier to the state controlling everything. And in communism, you want this, the state ha- owns you. The state has control of everything. And then you are just a part of the state and the state is not supposed to have any class or any hierarchy, but that of course is a lie. All you have to do is read animal farm, which was a classic book that you read and how the pigs always said, well, some are more equal than others. Right. So the issue is, is that you have to realize is that your job as a guy is to live an adventure in life. Your job is to go out and have victory in life. And you need to figure out what that victory is. Don't let the society say, you know, don't say, well, more money is the victory. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, money is a scorekeeper. So guys use that a lot. I personally don't think there's anything wrong with that. But is that the only score? No, not at all. Some, some guys want to go out there and say, you know, my, I don't care how much money I make. I want to go out and I'm going to help people. There's a story of a Catholic priest who went to what is known as Lepers Island. There was mm-hmm. a leper colony where these people, and he went and he ministered to those people. And he said, success for me is to go and minister to these people, meet their spiritual needs because they're outcasts. And I said, well, so he didn't have any money. That wasn't his scorecard. He lived his whole ministry there. He was eventually made a saint by the Roman Catholic church, you know, and he, after about like, I think it was 12, 15 years, he gets leprosy and then dies from it. Mm. So, um, so look at that guy. I mean, he looks back and he says, man, I won. I won because I did what I was called to do. Right. Yeah. So you look at the adventures who go out and, and discover new things and build new things and that's their victory, you know? Um, uh, so the key is, is that you're called to live an adventure. You're called to have some victory in your life, go out and find it. And you won't find it if you listen to a society that says masculinity is bad. So ignore them and listen to God who says, I created you as a male and I'm calling you to be a man. And you and I will discover it together because when males understand their authentic masculine self, great things happen, not only for them, but for everybody, um, around them, all the lives of the people around them change. And so many of our problems simply go away when we are real, authentic men. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that with us, Pastor. We really love getting to sit down and actually chat about where these things are going in our culture and how it's affecting our lives on a day-to-day basis. We appreciate you guys joining us as well. We want to make sure we encourage you guys to continue these conversations to 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 um, see what's going on in the world and make a decision for yourself. You don't have to take everything we say at face value, do your own research, go and look up some of these authors that pastor Doug has mentioned, because that's the only thing that's going to really give you true, um, confidence in what's Mm -hmm. being said. So we appreciate you guys joining us. We appreciate you having the conversation and we encourage you to tune in this Sunday as Dr. Matt Proctor preaches here at Foothills. It's going to be great. We really excited to have him here. And uh, if you have any questions, leave them in the comments of our YouTube channel or on Apple podcasts. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian church. Blessings.